three, two, one. Welcome everybody to the God is Awesome podcast. My name is Aaron Mamuyak, and I will be your host today. And on this podcast, we interview real Christians, uh, true stories for uh, their testimony in, in God's life or in God, God in their lives rather. Um, and just seeing how God has worked with them and worked in their lives and kind of sustained them through their ups and downs. Today, we have Brittany Trudeau. Brittany, say what's up to everybody. Hi, what's up? We're super glad to have you, Brittany. Um, but before I kick it over to you, I just want to go over kind of the housekeeping rules. This is like her testimony. This is a real story. So if you are with us, please give her some support. Show her some love in the comments and the likes if you're on Facebook Live. If you're listening to this on podcasts, iTunes, all the platforms, we want to thank you for joining us. If you found this um, testimony beneficial for you or touching to you or something, it might speak to someone else in their situations, please share it. it we're not trying to be like famous, but it's just a way to uh, encourage others. This is what the church is about. We're, we're here to support each other and grow. And um, one of the ways we do that is through our testimony. It's, uh, it's kind of like holy ground. You know, God has been here. Um, he has is, he is walked um, in in. Uh, Britney's history, and so we're we're just kind of reflecting on that and praising God for it. Um, anyway, Brittany, again, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I'm gonna kick it over to you. Give us like your origin story of how you grew up. Um, we've got some things to talk about here, but we want to know like what your childhood was like and and your home life, uh, getting into when you became a Christian. Um. Okay. So my childhood and growing up, I kind of always grew up in church, actually. Um. It was, it was pretty good. My parents had brought me up there my whole life. I went to church every Sunday. I was involved in all the kids' groups that you could think of, Awana, um, Sunday school, everything. Um, that was just part of life and a part of who I was and who my family was. I mean, I had my faith, and I thought for a long time it was my own, and it was there for a while, um, but I really hadn't found it, found it until mean, my later years. What do you mean found it, found it? Like, I really hadn't found my own faith. It was almost like it was something that was instilled in my head. Obviously, okay, so you are you go to school, things are instilled in your head. So I hadn't really, like, realized that it was my own until later on in life. Okay. And so how, how, how much later? Like, how, what are we talking? What's the years here? About my teen years. Um, okay. I, I mean, I asked Jesus into my heart when I was a little girl. I was, like, mm -hmm. six, I think. Um, and I was starting to understand then, but again, it was still something that I had just always known because yeah. I was always brought up in church. So it was about my teen years. I think I was like 16. I went to a summer camp, a church summer camp, and I, um, I was prayed over and prophesied over. And that's when I really found that it was my own faith and gotcha. not just something that I was, you know, taught from when I was little. Yeah. It moved kind of from your head to your heart and then yeah. developing like relationship with Jesus and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Everything kind of just connected then. Cool. Cool. Uh, and so that was a camp. So what happens after 16? What, I mean, where do you, where do you go from there? You're a Christian <laughs> now? Well, I mean, you when I was 16, I kind of rebelled. I came home from camp um, with the pastor's son as my boyfriend. <laughs> oh, camp was good for you. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I kind of, I went to camp and I found Jesus and I found a boyfriend. Okay. Kind of coincides. I wasn't supposed to have a boyfriend. Uh-huh. So oh, secret. Always, okay. Yeah. My parents had always told me, no, no dating, no boyfriends, blah, sure. blah. That's kind of when 
I was like, hmm, I'm going to touch the waters a little bit and become rebellious. But I didn't really. So, so it was just so, let me, so you become saved. You start to develop a relationship with Jesus. And then you start to develop a relationship with the pastor's son. Yes. That's kinda, I guess that's kind of cool. I mean, like, it's you rebel. and you get, Yeah. <laughs> okay. So where does that take? Did you get punished for that? Were your parents upset about that? What? I was supposed to take the church bus home. And I didn't. Mm -hmm. I ended up taking, uh, I ended up riding in the car with just the pastor's son. He drove me home. <laughs> oh. So I got in trouble. I got in some serious trouble. You were, you were in the emotions, man. That You know what it is? Church camp is like a, like a magic time. Like things just happen there. <laughs> Like, yeah, I don't know what happens. I have a saying like, uh, whenever we go on mission trips, it's not a real mission trip until some until love happens. It's just what happens. I don't know. I can't explain it. So where does that take you? Okay, so after that, I mean, we, we I uh, dated that guy for a little while and whatever, and it was weird. And um, first boyfriend ended normal. Yeah, okay. first boyfriends are always awkward. Sure. Um, and then I, um, I was fine. I, I still didn't like, I was a good kid. I, um, finished out my high school years. I was a dancer. I did ballet. Mm -hmm. I concentrated on all that. I turned 18 and that's when I, um, that's when things kind of started to get a little rocky. Okay. I was taught my whole life, you know, wait till marriage, wait till marriage, wait till marriage, you know, save yourself. And I didn't. I had had a boyfriend at that time. And I had decided that I was just going to not listen to anything I was ever taught. And I had lost my virginity with him. Mm -hmm. And it was one of the, it was a mo, it was one of those life changing pivotal moments in a bad way. Okay. Where um, you, you kind of, I, I got, I fell into a really, really deep depression. After that, I um, I told my mom we were actually away on a women's retreat. I don't know if you ever remember hearing about like the women of faith retreats and stuff that women went to. Yeah, so we were actually away on that, and I had we were in the car coming back to the hotel that night, and I had broke down crying after something that had been taught that night, and I finally told her. And I, in my head, I'm thinking this is the best time to tell her because we're around everybody and she can't kill me. <laughs> she, she can't kill me now because we are away uh -huh. at a hotel with a bunch of women and she can't blow up and get mad. Yeah. And, yeah. and, but I still was expecting her to. And so I told her and my mom just handled it with so much grace and so much love. Wow. And, um, not so much towards him, but. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But um, she handled it with so much grace and so much love. And um, I still, even though she handled it that way, I still was very hard on myself. And I fell into like this deep, the, I, I colored my hair. I was blonde for the longest time. And I went and colored my hair because I couldn't look at myself in the mirror. I chopped oh. my hair off. Like I, I went real short with my hair because I just, it was to the point where I just couldn't look at myself in the mirror because I knew what I was doing mm. and what I had done wasn't right. Wow. So, okay. So did you, so when you lost your virginity to him and you had sex, how long was the time period before you told it to your mom and, conf and confessed basically? Um, 
a few months. Okay, so so you're living with shame and hiding it and guilt for the for those two months. Yeah. And then and then a women's conference hit, and whatever was talked about was talked about, and it spurred something in you. And given the circumstances, you know, opportunities, right? It's eating me up inside, and so I'm going to tell my mom. Yeah. And so, what was the fallout like? How how did you feel? And I, I know you said you still cut your hair, and you still feel you, you were more hard on yourself than your mom was. But like, walk me through. Um, like in, internally, emotionally, what was going on in your life? Did, was it shame? Um, because I assume this is the same case for a lot of young ladies out there too. Um, it was shame and disgust. Like I was like, you know, now now nobody's ever going to, and and I should have like kept going with this feeling, you know, after that and like not made any more mistakes the rest of my life. But, you know, I'm human and apparently I loved making mistakes. Yeah, for and, sure. Uh, you know. So, I mean, it was a lot of shame and disgust. Like, I just felt like, all right, I'm not, no, I'm not worthy of anything. You know, God is going to be so mad at me. What did Mm. I do? I screwed up. And it was just a lot of that at that time in my life. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and that kind of is because you had such a long history of church, right? And like, like morality taught to you that, uh, Hey, wait till marriage, wait till marriage. And then you didn't. And then it's like, you failed all those years. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. Wow. So walk us through uh, the other mistakes that you have there for us and like awesome of your mom to like really show grace in that time. Like God is awesome in that moment. Um, Seriously. She's, yeah. Oh, she showed it. I mean, there's, we've had our ups and downs, not going to lie. Yeah. And there'll be a lot more you'll hear about, but sure. um, let's get into she's it. She's always had grace. Thank God. If it wasn't for her. Yeah. That's awesome. So walk us through the next couple of big mistakes in your life. Okay, so I was fine. Like after that, I mean, I didn't, I didn't even, after that, I got back on the right track. I was doing really, really oh, good. Great. Yeah, I was doing cool. really, really well. I did, I didn't even drink on my 21st birthday. Like I didn't even, I was like that straight edge after that. Like yeah. I, I was so. Let your hair grow back out, go back blonde yeah, or something. Okay. Yeah, so I was into it. Like I was like, all right, I'm, I'm doing good. I um, was very straight edged. I didn't, um, you know. Real quick, was the healing process like it was a it was a big process, right? It didn't kind of happen overnight, but like you had this reaction and this physical reaction because you were disgusted with yourself. Then the healing came out um, just through a progression. Um, through a progression, but with that one, it was a, it was very short period okay. of time because I kind of you know it was a one time thing. It wasn't gotcha. like we kept sleeping together or anything like okay. that. It was a one-time thing. And I knew right away, like that healing, the healing process was a lot shorter with that. Gotcha. Okay. It so was you're... rough and it was by all means, it was rough and it wasn't anything that I would ever say. I would ever like discount, like, no, no, it wasn't bad or anything like that. No, it was rough. Like I couldn't, I couldn't look myself in the mirror. There was a time where in that healing process that I knew how I was going to heal myself and I was going to do it, but I was too scared. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so you're, you're fully healed out or at least healing on the, on your way straight edge. What happened? Um, okay. So then, um, come my late after my 21st birthday, a few months. So it was about a few months. I think it was about a few months after my 21st birthday. I had met who is now my ex-husband. Um, he was actually <laughs> a waiter at the Sunny's restaurant. And I, that's how I met him. I was out to dinner with my mom and my aunt. And 
He was my waiter. Oh, drop a yeah. number, drop a tip. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, if we're going to be real here, I mean, I might as well just tell all he was my waiter and I was like, oh, he's so cute. Uh. <laughs> so what happened? So then he got my number. I got his. We exchanged numbers, whatever. Um, he called me that night. And he was so nice, so like, oh, you're you're a Christian. God is my everything. God is number one. La 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 la. Like he was just one of those, you know, like the snake in the mm -hmm. Garden of Eden. Eden. Okay. Um, I mean, Spout, he, spouting it off. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's, he's very good at that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it just like we hit it off and I was like, Oh mommy's perfect. La la la. But here's the thing. He just got out of rehab mm. and he had just got out of rehab. And so I, my mom's like, you know, red flag goes off in your mother's head. You should listen. Sure. And even when your dad says, hmm, I don't think that's a good idea. Well, I decided that I was just going to do whatever I wanted mm. at that yeah. point. And I was like, you know what? I'm an adult. I can do whatever I want. I can make my own choices. It went downhill really fast. Yeah. I started hanging out with him a lot. And I realized that he had no intention of church or God or anything. And being a new recovering addict, I didn't realize at that time that he wasn't supposed to even have a relationship with anybody like that. Yeah, that's what I thought. Because um, correct me if I'm wrong, people out of rehab, right? They are, they're, they've already coming in with like a whole bunch of baggage that they got to deal with themselves and some yeah. kind of identity stuff. And it's hard. Like they're, and they're working to get themselves like out of that addictive uh, phase in their life. Mm -hmm. So then to add on into a relationship, it's like more added baggage. So it's not like people out of rehab are bad, but that they're just dealing with a lot. And it's yeah, like, their it's mind like, is not there yet. It's like just adding more to something that you've already got a full plate on. Yeah. So you decided to rebel. Oh, big time. Okay. Um, and so I decided that I was just going to start not coming home at night. And I was just going to stay at his house where he was staying. He was renting from a lady that he had gotten out of the halfway house and rented a room from a lady across the street from his halfway house. And she was an addict or a recovering addict or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it was just total chaos really, really quickly to the point where one day, um, I had gotten into a huge argument with my mom and I packed all of my stuff, every single thing in my bedroom and into my car and I left and I didn't come back and I didn't know where I was going. I would, I just, I went to his house where he was renting a room from and I'd stay there or I'd go to my friend's house and I'd stay there and or I'd go park at the beach and I'd stay there for a little while. Hmm. Um, I never like stayed at the beach long. <laughs> I was always too scared. Um, <laughs> but I was always afraid somebody was going to break into my car. Um, but, um, and I ended up not living with him at that time. I would just stay at his house cause she, the lady he was renting from didn't really want me staying there. Hmm. And so, um, I rented a room from a friend of mine. And it ended up not being a room. We ended up sharing a bedroom, her and I, because um, she didn't have a big house. And she had a little boy. So she didn't have a big house or anything. And um, 
So it, it was just total. I was just living wherever on couches and stuff yeah. and living out of my car. Very unstable, point. unstable lifestyle right there. Yeah. yeah. And so that's when it started. Um, I had obviously started having sex again and didn't even, I didn't care about anything. I didn't go to church. I didn't, I completely disowned my parents. Mm. I thought that they were totally against me. Yeah. When really they were just against the choices I was making at that point. Sure. Um, and it's funny how like sin separates you from all of that community around you, you know, your parents, your family, the church that's yeah. been there for you. So, yeah, we, um, so I ended up moving in with him. Uh, he moved out. He was getting kicked out of the lady's house that he was in because he started doing drugs again and she found out. Mm. And, um, I had, at that point I had not tried anything. Um, so he got kicked out of there and we ended up, he had no money. I had no money. I was working, but I still had no money. Cause I mean, what kind of job like, as a waitress really provides enough for you to do what you need to do. Sure. And, um, especially if you're living in an unstable relationship or unstable, like places where you sure. don't have, you don't know. Yeah. Um, so he got kicked out cause he was using again. And um, because he had um, he done this movie, he and I mean we were both in the movie. I was just an extra, but um, and uh, the movie was about like it had drugs and it was about drugs and stuff. And um, so that kind of was a trigger in an addict's mind to oh I'm gonna start doing drugs again, even though they weren't real in the movie. Hmm. And so. It was a that that kind of lifestyle too, by the way. The whole Hollywood movie lifestyle is not not glamorous. Yeah, yeah. But so you started. Did you start using with them, or how how did that move into drugs and and a marriage? Okay, so I started using. I decided that I was going to try. Um, we had moved to a place in Port St. Lucie together, a little cottage we had rented from some elderly couple. And that ended up really weird um, because he's like very, okay, <laughs> without being so mean, because I'm trying not to be too mean, without being so mean, he's a little weird. And he um, believes in like, he thinks that the place was haunted that we were living in. Okay. And now don't, don't discredit me if anybody's listening and they, they believe in that kind of stuff because I mean, hey, spiritual warfare is real. Sure. But... He believed that it was being haunted. Like, I don't even know how he explained, <laughs> he explained it, but okay. I think he was just high. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, so we moved out of there because that was just chaotic. He's like, no, it's being haunted, la, la, la. Yeah. So were you using at this time? I was. At that time, I started deciding that I was going to experiment with him. And we were smoking weed. And um, it's then the stuff that they used to call spice. Uh -huh. The synthetic weed, mm -hmm. which is really, really bad for you. Um, and I had started using that and it's, I just was like, I like the feeling. I like the feeling, but I didn't like the feeling. Okay. And so I just kept using it because it was fun. And um, did you I go into anything stronger? 
I wouldn't because I was too afraid, but <laughs> the synthetic weed was, it was, I mean, that kind of stuff is pretty. Will mess you up. Yeah. It's not like, it's just very, you don't even know if it's laced with anything or not. I swear. Oh, that, sure. Yeah. Sure. And did you, so were you married at this time or did you get married? No, we weren't even married then. Um, at that time we were just still living together, playing house. Sure. Um, also, so when we did move into that place, I was working two jobs, mm-hmm. driving back and forth. Uh, he decided that this is when things got really bad. He was getting, he started to get really abusive at this time. Um, more so verbally at this time. Um, and he would get frustrated because he was using again. So the whole user mentality and like the whole, it was just chaotic. We are, we lived in a dirty, dirty situation. Like not, everything was messy. Everything was dirty. There was um, drug remnants all over the table, all the time, mm-hmm. all over the kitchen table. What do you mean by mentally abusive? Um, so mentally and verbally, he just, he would constantly down me and curse at me. And um, it was just call me names. And um, at that point, it wasn't too bad. At that point, it was still mild, and we were still in the fun, fun part of our relationship. Fun, if you want to call it. Sure. Um. And, but we started. We had no money. We okay. had no money. I was working two jobs. I was the only one working. He said he was working, but I'd come home and he would never be. We had one car. So how are you working? <laughs> so, um, we had. I shopped at the dollar store mm-hmm. a lot for food and stuff because I wasn't talking to my parents. He was talking to his, but that's because they're, they were naive and jaded as they didn't believe anything that was wrong with him. They thought he was great. He went through rehab. He was doing so good. La la la. Yeah. So, so you were working two jobs and shopping at dollar stores and he was just using and staying at home. Mm -hmm. And so what, what, why did you do that? Like, like, why did you stay? What was your mentality? So I stayed because it wasn't as rough then. It wasn't rough and I was happy or so I thought it was okay. happy. I um, I thought that's what happiness was in a relationship. This was the first real relationship mm. where I felt like an adult. I felt like, oh, I'm living with the guy. I'm an adult. I can do what I want. This is a real relationship. Sure. Or what I thought was a real relationship. And did, did anyone try to speak to you? Like speak truth into your life? And um, Actually, there was. At that time, my parents were trying really, really hard, but I wasn't listening to them. Mm. I didn't want to have anything to do with my parents. There was um, one, uh, a friend of mine that she, her name is Bruna. I will throw out her name because she helped. She like tried to speak so much truth into my life and I just threw it down the toilet. Mm. Um. She, I was working for her at the time I was teaching dance for her and she kept trying and trying and trying. And no matter how hard she tried, I just shot it down the toilet. I shot her down the toilet. I literally walked out on the job and didn't come back. And like, I lost that job because I was so irresponsible and so stupid. And so like, she believed in me so much. Like she was like another parent, but Mm -hmm. she was more my age, like not So she was like an older sister and she tried and tried and tried and never stopped. And but I just kept shooting it down. It's crazy how we get like that. Right. It's just crazy. Yeah. I, I can't even believe it. Thinking about it today. Like she just tried so hard and I just shot it down. I walked out. I walked out on her twice. And oh, yeah, 
I was terrible. Yeah. I was so terrible. what? So so what made you marry him? Okay, so we moved out of that place, and we lived on a couch for a couple nights until we got another place in downtown West Palm Beach. Okay, so I don't know if you've ever been like to City Place downtown West Palm Beach area. Oh yeah. Okay, so there's this little green apartment building that looks like the little green trash building and one of the side streets in like right behind city place yeah yeah city place is nice but outside just outside is like i don't want to go there right behind it like two streets behind it over the train tracks and two streets behind okay is where this was it was like right next to like the trump towers and like right in between city place so like right in that little sandwich area Uh um we lived there and everybody that lived in that building, I swear, did drugs. Oh, man. It was horrible. It was a trash house or a crack house. Sure. If you want to call it that. We lived there and we, okay, we never paid rent. We couldn't pay rent. We lived there like squatters, basically. Oh, man. Until we got evicted. But in between the time that we were living there and got evicted, we uh, we were still using. Things were chaotic. We had no money. And when we did have money, it was, he's would hit, tell me to hand it over so he could go buy his fix. Oh, man. Um, and I ended up getting pregnant. That's where I ended up getting pregnant. And I had gotten into a huge fight with him. And I called my mom and I ended up getting into a huge fight with her somehow. And then in the middle of the fight, I was like, by the way, I'm pregnant. And I hung up the phone. Yeah, man, what a way to tell your mom, right? I know some that's pretty brazen. Yeah, by the way, congratulations, grandma. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, she called me back and it she was like, You have to calm down, you have to relax, you can't stress yourself. Are you telling the truth? And I was like, Yes, I am. And she just in that moment showed so much grace and so much of Jesus. And this whole time I was just being such a butthead. Yeah. And she's like, you have to calm down and you have to just relax. And um, so we got into the doctor. I was under my parents' insurance still, which meant that I had great insurance coverage for having a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... We went to the doctor. She came down to visit all the time and would feed me because I didn't have any food. <laughs> oh, man. Um, she still didn't know what was going on, though, behind the scenes. I had stopped. Okay, so the night before I found out I was pregnant, I was so messed up. It was New Year's Day when I found out I was pregnant. I decided I was going to take a pregnancy test. And the night before, I was working at this restaurant in City Place called Mojitos. And so the night before was New Year's Eve and I was so wasted, mm. so bad. I could barely walk home. And, um, I, so I got up the next day and I was like, oh, I'm going to take a pregnancy test. And, yeah. What? And, I, <laughs> and so that's when I found out I was pregnant. So I was like, oh my God, I've been doing all this stuff and I'm pregnant. Wow. So I was freaking out because I thought something was going to be wrong with the baby. And so 
did you clean up after that or was there like it was easy for me i was done maternal instincts kicked in huh fast now some moms i know that like there's some people who have done drugs and stuff that they don't they don't and it and that's something that is hard for them but i don't have that sort of addicted addictive personality i guess it's not as strong as some people's sure but you your your love for your child outgrew outpaced your love for um or your desire to be high exactly it was like a, a switch flipped in my head yeah and i was like oh my god this is it and it was weird because i wasn't expecting it to be like that okay i've never been pregnant before i've never had a kid before that and i didn't know what to to do yeah and it was like in an instant yeah and so did that cause you to want to be married so that we i was like you know what are we gonna do we don't have any money we were getting evicted um and i was like this is not good and he's like oh we should get married and i was like well we should yeah and so i kept pushing the situation i pushed it i pushed it i pushed it and i think he really only married me because i pushed the situation because i felt like it was the right thing to do Mm, that's never that's uh that's rough yeah so um still things weren't so bad like we were fighting a lot after that we had fought 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 there was a time where i had i was felt like i was brave enough to leave the relationship and i had packed all my stuff in my car and i was gonna leave and he comes out and the usual again you know i'm really sorry i'll never do that again please come back because uh, people have asked me before why why would you stay in a relationship like that and i'm like because when you're in a relationship like that and people when they come to you and they're like, I'm so sorry, it'll never happen again. And you get flowers the next day. Sure. He gave you flowers. And so I was like, yeah, he gave me flowers and I stay because, you know, he loves me and he cares about me. And he brought me flowers the next day because he was really sorry. Yeah. Which that was the mentality. Like that was the mentality. I'm never going to find anybody else. I'm pregnant and I'm not married. Wow. So you you thought you'd never find anyone else. Yeah. I and, like, and you're clinging on to this hope. So it's out of like, there's one side, there's this desperation, right? You don't think you'll ever find someone else. And the other side, hey, there's hope for this marriage or this relationship and marriage still. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So. so what would you say to someone who who might be in a, you know, an abusive relationship that has these ups and downs, like real low lows and then tries, tries to cover it up really quick, but then just another drop. What would you say to someone in that there's relationship? Hope. Like yeah. there's hope. You will... There is never a time where God has not already had something else better for you. Mm. That even though you think what you think now, that you're never going to find anybody else. You're not good enough. Who's going to want somebody with a kid already? Who's going to, nobody's going to want me because I have a kid. That is so not true. So there's a there's a loss of value in yourself, right? Like self-worth, self-value. Huge, huge. There was a huge like I just felt worthless. I felt like I will never be good enough for the right guy, for a guy who is a God-fearing guy who who loves God, who yeah. you know, I will never be good enough now. Who's uh, going to uh, want that? That's that's harsh. That that hurts, you know? Like who's going to love me if like who what decent decent or Decent guy's gonna love me, and that's the kind of things that you struggle with internally. That's crazy. I mean, because yeah, if you think about it, 
I, I, um, I was doing drugs. I was drinking a lot. I was, I was having sex before marriage. I was pregnant now. Like I'm used. That's how I felt. I was, I was a used piece of trash and I wasn't worthy of anything else. I had either chalked it up to, I was going to be married to this guy the rest of my life and just deal with it. Or I was going to be a single mom the rest of my life because nobody's ever going to want that. It wasn't a person. You weren't a person who made mistakes and has a history, but you were a a thing that was used and just shouldn't be. Yeah. It felt like, wow. Yeah. That's deep insight. That's deep insight. So how'd you, how'd you get out of it then? Um, well, we moved to a different place after that. We had decided that we were going to get married. He proposed to me, um, with, I call it a cereal box ring. Um, (laughs) it, it, um, he proposed to me after work one night, we ended up working at the same restaurant after that we were both servers and he proposed to me and he said, he promised me that he was going to love me forever and everything was going to change. We were going to be together and we were going to raise our child together. And so we moved into another place in West Palm and in, in the ghetto. (laughs) Um, Mm. but we lived at his parents for a little while before that, because we had no place to go. So we had lived at his parents' house. I still wasn't really communicating much with my parents, except for about the baby. Um, my mom would come and she'd still, I was still such a brat. Um, and she'd still so, show so much grace. Like she'd come to the doctor's appointments and everything. And I continued to be a brat. Sure. But, um, and so then we moved to the apartment the, or the duplex, wherever we lived at the duplex. Yeah. And wedding time came around, like time to plan my wedding came around. And my mom was like, you don't have to do this. She's like, I don't care what I have taught you your entire life about being married and having a kid and whatever and being pregnant and having a kid. She's like, you do not have to marry him. And for my mom to say that, like my mom was, she's by the book. Like you sure. you're married, you are pregnant, you have your babies, you're married. And for her to say that and for her to show me that much grace and like pretty much beg me not to marry him, mm. I should have listened. <laughs> I should have listened. Because <laughs> That's not something my mom would normally say. Sure. And uh, so I should have listened, but I insisted to her. I was like, no, it's okay. We're doing really good. Um, I'm going to marry him. We're going to have a happy family. It's all right. And all this time, deep down inside, I'm hiding everything. I'm hiding mm-hmm. the fact that he's still doing drugs. I'm hiding the fact that um, I'm being verbally abused. And at this point, had it, it had gotten partially... Um, physical like he would throw glasses at me like glass cups and like yeah like in my direction it never really hit me but it was in my direction so it could have hit me but I mean it was just at that point things were really chaotic and this whole time I'm like no no everything's fine I'm Mm -hmm. hiding it um put up a facade to show like it's it's not as bad as it looks like yeah I'm pregnant and I'm happy and we're getting married like it's okay you think that's like a like a pride issue, you know, like, hey, you know, I'm still I still got it a little bit like I could still take care of everything. It was. And yeah. 
I was terrified also. I was afraid of what he was going to do. And oh. I was afraid of now the fact that I have this little life and what's going to happen if I screw it up and I don't, this little life doesn't have a family. Oh yeah. You thought so, that that would be what's best for uh, your little one is that they have a father, this, his father or her father. Yeah. Or his father. Yeah. Yeah. So we ended up getting married. We went on our honeymoon and um, we, we went to Disney and yeah. And um, I was pregnant obviously. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't do much. And it was kind of a miserable, miserable. I love Disney. And mind you, I'm there all the time. But I've never had more of a miserable time in Disney. Oh, man. Than I did then. Disney's supposed to be the happiest place on earth. And I was so miserable. He had promised me, I'm going to stop the drugs. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. He brought them with him. Oh, man. On our honeymoon. And I was like, you're not really going to change, are you? And so then things just went downhill continuously. Like that was the most miserable week of my life. Mm. Um, we came home to a duplex with a roof that fell in oh, wow. because it rained so much that I guess some part of the roof leaked and there was, it was fell in, it fell in. So they came and fixed it. We didn't, we weren't paying the rent there still. We had no money. We spent all of our wedding money on, back rent that we owed so we didn't even get to buy anything you know how you get wedding money after your yeah. wedding and it's all happy and no that was spent on drugs and back rent so that we had a place to live before we yeah so we had a place to live when we came home then we stopped mm. paying our rent there um and i had we had zero like i had i was scraping pennies off of my car floor like searching under the couch, literally searching under the couch or searching under the car for pennies to just go to the store, the corner store and buy some clean water to drink. That's tough. That's real tough. Um, and we didn't, we didn't have like food stamps or anything either. We didn't, we were just so dumb. I was so dumb. Um, <laughs> I was so dumb. And uh, then one day he, um, we got into a really big fight and I had, uh, he called me, I'm not going to say the word out loud because it's a terrible word, but he called me the C word and we were driving, yeah, we were driving in the car and I'm in the passenger seat and he called me that. That's like the most horrible word you could ever call a woman sure, um, or anybody. And I reached over to, cause he was screaming in my face, screaming in my face while he's driving. I'm pregnant yeah. and he's screaming in my face while he's driving and calling me names and calling me that. And I reached over after he called me that I, I literally smacked him across the face. I've never hit anybody in my entire life like that, but I smacked him across the face. I don't know what came over me. And, um, I mean, I can tell you what came over me. I was angry and I was hurt and I was like in shock and, um, so he smacked, I smacked him across the face and he went even more ballistic, like ape crazy hmm. and calls my parents and says, I'm going to take her to jail. I'm going to drop her off at the jail I'm, or I'm going to leave her on the side of the road. You need to come get her. You need to tell her. she just smacked me across the face. And they're like, well, what did you do? Yeah. And, um, so that, 
lasted for a few days. Like we were just fighting really bad. He came into the bathroom the next day. We were still fighting and um, he broke a glass frame over my head as I'm on, on the toilet, like using the bathroom. So what pot, what caused him to do that? Like, because it was a picture of us and he decided that he was going to, he thought that it was going to hurt my feelings. And um, that's some so, WWE st- stuff, man. Just like that's yeah. crazy. Yes. Yeah, so, um, that was like that day was the final straw. Um, we were he left me like we were moving out that day. Um, or maybe it was the next day that we were moving out. But whatever day we were moving out, um, because we were being evicted from that place too. That's three different places we got evicted from. Sure. Well, the first place we were, the first place we really didn't get evicted from, we left because he was cray cray and he thought the place was so haunted. Right. Um, so we were getting evicted from that place. It was either that day or the next day that we were moving out. And he, everything was packed into the U-Haul. I was supposed to go with him. We had a little dog. And um, so I was supposed to go with him. I was supposed to follow him in my car. And go with him. Well, we were still fighting. And he drove away in the U-Haul, basically told me good riddance, and left me standing there. I was six months pregnant, left me standing there alone with nothing but my car and what was in my car. Oh, man. I had nothing. I had no money to my name. I had my car and the little bit that was in it. And he basically said good riddance, and he was gone. And I called my mom and I was like, I couldn't even speak. I was like sobbing and I'm like, I'm alone. I'm freaking out. And and I'm six months pregnant at that point, standing in the middle of the ghetto with nothing to nothing. Hmm. And so in a matter of like, I think that her and my brother, my little brother like flew as fast as they could down there to me. And, um, my little brother was driving at that point. So he was old enough to drive. Um, and so he drove me, they came and got me. He drove my car with me in it. And my mom drove her car and I was starving. Like I was so hungry. I, I couldn't even concentrate on anything. I was a wreck. They took me to get something to eat. I had eaten a hamburger, like a homeless person who hasn't eaten in days. Mm. And, um, I was just, I was, I went home with them. And again, another moment where my family and my mom and my dad has shown so much grace. Mm. They took me in, even though I was treating them like a butthead and took me back and made room for me and um, gave me a bed to sleep in and everything. And I had moved back in with them at that point. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. And and that's like, that's insane just to like keep pushing them away and keep like rebelling against them and just distancing yourself from them and choosing instead of them, you know, supportive, loving family, grace filled family and choosing instead your own path, your own sin, your own way. And then for them to like at rock bottom, pull you out of that. Yeah. It was bad. Like before then my mom would come over to the house and I was still hiding the fact that he was doing drugs and stuff. And she'd come over to see if I was okay. She called it her well checks. 
when we live in that one, when we lived in that one duplex and she'd call him her well checks and she'd come over and I'd have to say, wait, 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 let me go inside and make sure that, you know, he's not naked or in his boxers or whatever. When really I was going inside to make sure that he wasn't strung over on the couch or mm. his drugs weren't all over the dining room table. Yeah. Um, and she would come over and she'd like buy me groceries and stuff. And she's like, now this is specifically for you. You need to eat. Gotcha. Wow. So, so the, did recovery for you happen? Did like this progression of, Hey, I hit rock bottom. Was that rock bottom? And were, were that, that was, that was rock bottom there. That's where it started. It lasted a while. That's where it started. Mm. Um, with them, I still tried to make it work with him. He lived with my family and I for like maybe a week and couldn't hit like after the baby, after Max was born. And yeah. really, he, he couldn't handle it. Like, he just was over it. He didn't like the fact that they didn't put up with his crap or anything like that. And wow. so he moved out. And we just, things got worse with us. And I finally decided one day, like, my grandmother was staying with my parents also at that time because she she wanted to be there to help me out and everything. And I um, I had I had the baby. And when I was at the hospital... Um, he was there for the, the delivery and then he left and he didn't stay at all. Like he didn't, my mom ended up staying the night with me. You know, that's supposed to be a happy time. Yeah, yeah. He didn't stay. He left. He was mad because my dad threatened him supposedly. Hmm. So he, my mom stayed and, um, he, I, when the day that I went home from the hospital, he wasn't there. Um, I went home with my mom and my brand new baby and wow. I started life. Um, I, I, that was one of the hardest times of my life was leaving the hospital and with just my mom and my baby. Yeah. And, um, Cause you don't feel supported or loved by. Someone yeah. yeah. And so I did it. I did it on my own with the help of my family and my grandmother for the longest time, it was hard though because I spent nights and days just sobbing. I couldn't stop. I just cried and cried and cried and wanted to know what I was doing wrong and why I deserved that. And I thought I deserved it because of the mistakes that I made and the choices that I made. And that that's why I was in the situation I was in where he didn't love me and he was only married to me because he thought it was the right thing to do. Mm. And um, he loved his drug more and, um, I, I cried and cried and cried and he fought me all the time. He would, he, and I mean, to this day, I still deal with, um, him trying to fight me on things and mm. like bringing up the past. And I'm like, dude, this isn't a, it's not about us, yeah. but, um, so things progressively started to get better. Um, I, we, we got divorced. I finally decided one day I woke up and I was like, you know, it's time I'm ready for a divorce. I'm ready to make that step. So I made that step. I filed. I was the one that filed. I made that step. I did it. We got it over with. Divorces are dirty. Mm -hmm. They're dirty. Um, and it was dirty because he fought because he wanted the TV. <laughs> and so the TV and the dog, it wasn't even so much about having the kid sure must be a nice tv yeah right <laughs> and um 
So we ended up getting a divorce and um, the way it was set up at the time is that he would get visitation with Max because Max didn't really know him. Mm. You know, he had the chance to come see him all the time and he wouldn't because he said, I'm not coming to visit because it's at your parents' house. So Max didn't really know him. So he had visitation with me around or two hour visitations where he could take him by himself and stuff. And, um, and then it became the time where Max could go there like every other weekend and stuff when Max got older. Um, and things progressively started to get better for me. Um, slow. Still, is it slow? Um, is it still slow? Is it painful? Is it? It was, it was really slow. Yeah. It was the most painful, slow progression I, have, I had ever felt in my entire life. Healing turns out like that. You know, healing is, it's slow and it's, uh, deliberate. Yeah. I didn't think this was ever going to end. Yeah. Um, it was worse than what I felt when I was 18. Wow. Yeah, for sure. And, um, I didn't think that I thought that this was it. This was the point in my life where I wasn't going to make it out of it. Like I had yeah. made it out of the depression and I had made it out of, and I healed from when I was younger. And this was the point in my life where I'm like, all right, this is the time. I'm not going to make it out of this one. I yeah. just, I'm going to remain feeling like this for the rest of my life. I had felt so worthless. I felt like I was never, ever going to meet anyone again. I was not going to ever get married again. Who's going to want someone who's now divorced? Sure. Like, I was young. I was divorced. Guys don't want that. Like, that's not what they want. Yeah. And so, I, um, I just, I mean, the progression was just beyond slow. But you're, but you're married now and you have kids and. I am. Between that, though, I decided to be dumb again because I still decided that I wasn't I hadn't fully found myself. And what I did, I ended up relying on. I I wasn't really dumb. I just ended up relying on the fact that, oh, somebody does want to date me. Mm. And so I'd gotten a boyfriend and um, it's actually somebody that I had known from youth group when I was a kid. Sure. And um. It was actually my old, my old youth pastor, mm-hmm. his son, <laughs> <laughs> and um, we started dating. And um, a guy, he wasn't the guy that just recently gone through a divorce. That's why it's okay for him because that's why he wants me. You know, he he'll marry me or he'll be with me because you know, he um, he's he's been through a divorce. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Good guy. Nothing, I have nothing bad to say about him. He just wasn't the right guy. Right. Um, I was working. I was a single mom at that point. We had broken up, and I met this guy um, that at the gym that I worked at, and we had started hanging out and stuff. And um, I decided that you know it was time to move out of my parents' house. I was going to rent a room for my friend and her um, boyfriend, and um. It just, I, it got a little rocky again with my parents because I still wasn't fully, I still wasn't fully healed. And I thought I was, I thought I was, um, I thought I was fine. Everything was great when really I didn't realize how much I had buried down. And I mind you, I had been through tons of therapy. I had to go see a therapist and a counselor because mm. I didn't know how to handle myself and I don't know how to handle life. Sure. Um, and I still so I'd been through tons of therapy and everything, tons of counseling. And I thought I was fine. 
when really deep down inside, I didn't realize how deep I had it buried. Yeah. Lying to yourself type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like to lie to myself to, oh, I'm fine now. I'm fine. Yeah. I buried it down so deep that I was like, everything's good now. I'm good. I'm, I'm solid. And I ended up relying on this guy again. And I was like, oh, you know, he's so nice. I ended up moving out. And, um, it just, um, I ended up moving back in with my parents after that again, because he was just, it was dumb to even like get into a relationship with him. Yeah. And, um, I just did it because I wanted to feel some sort of worth. Sure. And you had all this, like before, like there's all this baggage that you carry into a new relationship that you need to deal with yourself, but then you just add another relationship on top of it. And then yeah, I kind of kept just piling and piling and piling it on. And I didn't realize how far I was burying everything because I kept piling things on. Yeah. And, um, I, um, so after that, I had ended up moving back in with my parents and I ended up meeting well actually okay I I was still living at my friend's house when I had ran into I wasn't even I didn't even meet him okay my husband now we have actually known each other since we were little kids we were homeschooled our entire lives together mm-hmm. in the same homeschool group actually the one that our son is in now um and he was four years younger than me. He was friends with my little brother. So I, I didn't, I didn't make two minds to him growing up. Yeah. And, um, we actually ran into each other after church one night. I was at church with my family one Saturday night. And this is again, when things, when I had had everything under control finally. And I thought, well, I thought that I did. Um, we were after church, we all went to dinner afterwards and we went to that burger place that was there on the boulevard now it's gone was there for a short period of time so we went there and i'm like oh my gosh that's ryan (laughs) and um so it's funny because we never talked no i've never hugged the dude in my entire life (laughs) and (laughs) so we walk in and i'm like oh hey guys what's up because i had known some of the guys he was with too because we'd all we'd all been in the same homeschool group uh-huh. And um, so I, they all, everybody got up and said hi. We all hugged each other. And Ryan was like, he pushed one of his friends out of the way and, to give me a hug. And he's like, hey, how are you? And I was like, hi, hi, how are you? <laughs> it was just really weird. So <laughs> they leave, and I, I go to my mom, and I was like, mom, he grew up. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so I, I stalked him on face or on no, on Facebook on Instagram. <laughs> sure. sure. And um. He tells me the next day we started talking and he's like, he's like, yeah, um, Alex told me not to, uh, not to, you know, he said you were crazy. Everybody said you were crazy growing up. I was like, I was, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, we, we started talking and hanging out and actually he was the first guy to ever show me that I was worth like after all this, after all the chaos, he was the first guy after all the chaos to ever show me that I was worth it after all that. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, cause the two guys I dated afterwards, they, they were, like I said, nice guys. They didn't really show me I was worth it. 
they kind of like took advantage of the situation and decided that oh she's got a kid she's married she'll have sex with me mm-hmm. and um ryan was the first guy to show me that after that i was worth more than just that and i had decided that i i mean because oh you know these other guys just wanted sex so maybe that's just what he wants and i was like oh come hang out i tried to seduce him and he completely denied me shot me down shot me down and i thought something was wrong with me wow mvp right there everything yeah Everything came rolling back into my head. Oh mm. my God, I, there's something wrong with me. I knew it. I knew I wasn't worth a good guy. I knew that like everything just started rushing back and I started crying in front of him. Mind you, this was the first night we hung out and I started crying and he's like, what's wrong? Why are you crying? I'm like, thank you. No one's ever said that before. Oh, like I started it. I lost it. I was like, no one's ever shown me like that I was worth it before. Because that's all you knew, right? That's how you knew how to show, express love or affection towards someone. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so I didn't know that I had all that buried inside me. And I started crying. And I'm like, why am I crying? What, what is wrong with me? <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I thanked him. I'm like, thank you for saying no. <laughs> <laughs> and um we ended up like just having coffee and talking all night long and he's a he's a police officer and so we talked about his job because my dad was a my growing up that's my dad was a police officer my whole life so I could relate and like we talked about his job and we talked about like everything we could think of like we just caught up from childhood yeah and um we kind of just hit it off from there I'd moved back in with my parents and I almost it's almost like the whole healing process began again after that night. Mm. Wow. Um, yeah. So, so now you, you have kids, you're married. Kids married. Um, when we started dating, Max was a year and a half Mm -hmm. and Max was with Max has always been with me more. He's with, um, his biological father every other weekend sometimes yeah and it depends on when he decides to take him but your kids are now like in or what was it homeschooled the same homeschool group yeah we have a five-year-old we have max um we have maddie who is two and we have tilly who is three months oh man they're homeschooled um max and maddie are um through the same homeschool group we um well we got married and I guess to take away from all of this, I could say that just because like, if you make mistakes like that, okay. So just because you start the healing process doesn't mean that it doesn't haunt you and follow you into your current marriage. Yeah. Like it, it's taken up until last year for me to truly be okay with myself and heal. Sure. Um, it caused a lot of marital issues between Ryan and I to the well, point where there's no time limit on healing you know there's no there's no time there's no time expectation to heal like you yeah. have this many years to heal like that's it's, it doesn't work like that yeah it caused a lot of marital issues like a lot of trust issues yeah. i had bad trust issues i was constantly accusing him of cheating and accusing him of like you know oh you don't want to be with me and sure. i always constantly like 
what is the forecasted? Is that the word for it? On him, like that he was going to act like my ex-husband and he was going to leave. Uh, you were going to, you were trying to project like what he. That's what the word is, projecting yeah. it. Mm-hmm. I was constantly, constantly doing that over wow. and over and over again to this poor guy. <laughs> um, and, and that's he, part of it. That's part of like that healing. Like you're just like, you don't know. And you're trying to put like the world back t- together in place, you know, for like a right vision of the world. It's just yeah, tough. It's tough. He's, I've never seen, besides my parents, I've never seen someone else show so much grace. He like stood by me through all my crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and he's, he's a God fearing man too. Right. Is he? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's the thing, man. These guys, your parents, your husband, all like infused with the Holy spirit, all like know what grace is about in their lives and show it to you. And yeah, uh, it's been, it's a, it's been a, it's been a journey for you, but, and it'll, it's, it'll still be a journey. It's not for anyone. Yeah. Let's let's close this off. Uh, I have two questions here. One, what do you have for advice for like an old or, or younger Brittany or like someone who's in that, in that chaos, what would you say to them? What would you want to have said to you? Probably, you, you probably heard it, but didn't, didn't, you didn't, it didn't register in here. Really, when you're in a situation like that, no matter what anybody else says to you, it's very hard for it to register. But if I were to say something to someone who is in the same situation or is currently in the same situation, is that you've got to listen to your heart. You have to listen to your own head and your own heart and if you're in a situation like that, it's okay that there is light at the end of the tunnel and you can leave. Choose to leave. Mm-hmm. Don't choose to stick in it and continue to, to like drown in the mud. Yeah. What about um, for someone, what about for someone who's healing? Like someone who's someone coming who's healing. Yeah. Cause healing was right. a struggle for you too. Like healing begins when you learn to let yourself go and it doesn't happen overnight. And when you're in a situation like that and when you're dealing with stuff, you have to be very careful because it does carry on into future relationships and or future marriage. And it does also your consequences piggyback for the rest of your life. You deal with certain consequences like I have to deal with the fact that I now have to deal with my ex-husband for yeah. the rest of my life sure. because he is Max's biological father. Now Max doesn't, Max is not really a huge fan without going into like yeah. too many details about that. Max is not really a huge fan to Max. Ryan is daddy since Max was a year and a half. Yeah. Okay. And um, so um, you, you kind of have to deal with your consequences for the rest of your life. So really, really think about, how you're going to start that healing process and really dive into it, knowing that it's not always going to be easy and you will, there will be times where you're going to fail. You're human and you're going to have those moments of feeling like, why, why me? Why now? Why am I feeling this way? Um, Everything's going to rush back at you at certain points. You're going to have flashbacks. It's like, it's like PTSD. I'm not even kidding. Hmm. Yeah. But that that healing does happen, that and it might awesome. take a while. But you have to, you really, 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 really have to lean on your faith. To be honest, yeah, yeah. Well, your story is of of like 
this young girl growing up in church and then rebelling and it's kind of like a snowball effect of rebellion and, and then like the healing process it was really fascinating to listen to it was like it's like trying to but like always falling back into the same routines and god is always has always been there the he's never of- left and yeah. i and i thought he did there was times where i thought he's gone and yeah. why would he want to be with me? Like, why would God want to be around me? Why would God want to still keep holding me? Sure. I'm I'm not making him happy. I'm not doing what he wants. I'm not following him. So yeah. I, he has every right to leave. But he wasn't. He wasn't there. Or he wasn't gone. He was there. Yeah. And I love how you describe it. It's by using this repeated word, like grace, right? Like this favor that from God that you do not deserve, right? And it's complete, like complete over and over it's been shown to you and like your parents and your family and your husband now let me ask you that's the only way i can ever think of it to explain it is grace because the grace i mean there's no other there's no other word for it yeah that's it and that's the perfect way to describe it so let me let me ask you the last question let's we wrap up this interview and this will this is like this is what it's all about uh why do you think god is awesome um, <laughs> because I, because he gave me a miracle in my little boy that I actually forgot. <laughs> okay, now I'm. <sighs> he gave me a miracle in my little boy when I was going through all that, and on top of that, he had fluid on his brain while I was pregnant with him, and fluid on his kidneys, and. You know, I thought that I would have, you know, when he was healed in the womb before I had him, he ended up being healed. There was nothing left. Mm. The fluid was gone. The fluid was gone off of his kidneys. The fluid was gone off of his brain. You think that would have clicked into my head that he's God's powerful and he can bring me through anything. And I still didn't click in my head until I look at the family that I have today and I look where I'm at today. And I reminisce on the past and where I was. And I still, I look back at where I'm at today and I think that's why God's awesome. Because I was someone who didn't think that I would ever be where I'm at today. Mm. With a house, with kids, with more than one kid, with a husband who loves me with so much patience and all of my crazy and all of my past and all of my, my everything and all of my crazy now and just loves me and loves me like God would love me and a family that loves me like God would love me. I mean, that kind of, that's, that's why I think God is awesome. That's amazing. And that's what it's all about. That's like the true blue. That's why we share our testimonies. Thank you, Brittany, so much for sharing that with us. I know it was hard. I know there's like I know there's like deep parts of that that like really dredge out. If you are listening here and you you made it to the end, we just really want to thank you. We appreciate you walking this journey with us. Um, This is, I I think, you know, Moses uh, took off his uh, sandals um, where God wanted him to walk because that's where God was. Um, It was holy ground. And this was like a holy time of reflection in Brittany's life and how God has worked in her life. If you find this, her testimony to like speak to someone else or benefit someone else, please share it with them. Please invite them to the group. Please get them connected. I'm sure Brittany wouldn't uh, object. Um, if, they're a, if they're a mom who's young, Brittany has an awesome Facebook group of moms. Yes. She just started. 
and um, especially in the Port St. Lucie area, get connected with some of these people. Um, it's it's more than just a, you know, you don't really get the connection. You could hear her story here, but get connected, especially if you're listening to this anywhere. Get connected to a church. That's what that's what helped Brittany out of this kind of stuff was people loving her, and um, especially her family, showing grace, showing God's love. Yeah, um, we really promote that here. There's always people that'll love you through it, and I, I mean, I'm one of them. If you're if if somebody's listening, that is going through that same thing. I will love you through it. And there's a, there's a group of moms that will love you through it. And I promise you, there's always support. You just have to like, kind of want it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll link that in the show notes. Anyway, guys, please share this with someone who you think would be beneficial of it. Brittany, thank you so much again. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Um, to the God is awesome podcast. And all next time. Hey.